0: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube as we speak, as we're recording this post-up 5R. It's going on. That's after every Heat game hosted by Royal Shepherd, And before floor, an hour before every game. Make sure you hit subscribe. Because that's not all we do there. We got plenty of streams going all day and all night long. Also, fivereasonsports.com, no paywall, unlike the newspapers, get the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk who'll be joining us tonight and others. And also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Of so many of our sponsors here are local including our friends over at you break wheel fix. All right. If you haven't checked them out yet, you need to actually I had two people reach out to me today. They're like, what's that company down in North Miami? It's you break wheel fix talking about culture, the wheel repair refinish and custom wheel specialist. They offer you the big three of all your car wheel needs with over 20 years of experience. You break wheel fix repairs, damaged wheels from curb rash cracks or bends all under one roof with in-house powder coating, CNC machining and polishing. They also offer new custom wheels and tires from your favorite brands such as Vossen, and fuel off road, just to name a couple. And they now offer no credit check financing up to $5,000 for a new set of wheels. So check out U Break Wheel Fix. They're in North Miami, right off of Biscayne and Northeast 146th Street. You can check them out on Facebook and Instagram with that name as well You Break Wheel Fix or on the phone at 305 748 0112. That's 305 748 0112. Mention five reasons you'll get a discount when you schedule your appointment. You Break Wheel fix, changing the way that you see wheels. And now tonight's episode.
1: To Yikes. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs. Just like the said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got a all band. Y'all seen the block, Stop the one hand.
2: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. We are going to do an autopsy on the Heat's most heartbreaking loss of the season. They lose by one in Milwaukee, a game that they led late by 14 after a slow start. They picked it up. They got an incredible overall performance from Tyler Hero, although a big turnover late. They got Gabe Vincent going nuts in the third quarter. They got a big game, especially early from Duncan Robinson, which I did project on the pregame show and they got one of Jimmy Butler's worst performances in a big game for the Miami Heat. We're going to talk about all of it. What happened at the end of the game? Um, you know, we were going to go a totally different direction. I've got Greg Sylvander here. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. He's sponsored here by Water Cleanup of Florida. We'll tell you more about them later. And Brady Hawk, who is sponsored by Eric Rubenstein, we'll tell you more about him later as well. But Greg. With about five minutes left in this game and we were on our new off the floor platform, you know, communicating with, with some of our subscribers there. I thought we were going to be talking about this topic, that the Miami Heat could overcome a bad performance from Jimmy Butler, which they tend to get against the Bucs. OK. And Milwaukee could not overcome a bad performance or a subpar performance from Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then the tables totally flip with late game execution again. So we're going to, again, autopsy this with you and Brady. But your overall thought here, I mean, is this as simple as if Kyle Lowry plays, this is different? Or have we seen enough of these collapses and inability to execute late in games offensively that it's a serious concern?
1: It's a concern. There's no doubt. Like, I I don't think that it's it would be it would be disingenuous for me to say it's not a concern. I don't think it's necessarily like a fatal flaw, as I think there are others that think that that that's so. I mean, if you just look at this game, they shot almost 48 percent from three on high volume. Usually when they shoot 47.7 percent from three, 21 to 44, they're going to win the game. So this was an anomaly of a game. There's nights like this where you got a scrappy contender that knows how to win, that sticks around a ball game. The Heat have been that team before, and then you squeak out a victory that you didn't think you were going to get. The Heat have gotten some of those this season, so I feel like some of that just evens itself out. Um, So the loss itself, I'm less concerned about, and I, I know that like everybody wanted the heat to run rough shot between these four teams. What is it? Chicago, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. Uh, and Brady and I have talked, you know, two or two and two, three and one, you know, we would like to be somewhere in that neighborhood and they're still trending in that direction. Um, but the late game stuff, and particularly as it relates to Jimmy, it's getting weird. And when you see Tyler, although he had two late turnovers, two decisions I didn't love, um, and Bam starting to at least take those shots and make those shots in certain scenarios, I guess it's, it's encouraging, but it's like, when is that transition going to happen? And will it happen soon enough to impact the moments that they're going to need come playoff time, you know, in 23 games or so?
0: Well, the big picture here, and then we'll get to the breakdown. The big picture is in some ways they could have buried Milwaukee in terms of catching them. I mean, you could have had the tiebreaker tonight. I mean, if you just close the last three or four minutes and you would have gone up four, five games on them with the tiebreaker. I mean, essentially means you wouldn't be dealing with a postseason series that starts in Milwaukee. I mean, that's what was lost here at the end of the game. It is significant. I mean, it, it would be one thing. If they hadn't rebounded from the first quarter, like last year's heat team would have folded after the first, okay, because Milwaukee was it was total outlier performance in terms of the way that they were shooting. Even though Giannis was in foul trouble early, couldn't really get anything going. The way that Middleton were playing and some of the others were playing, you know, you would have gotten blown out of the building last year. It almost, that almost might have felt better, I think, because you had this one. I mean, you you rallied, you showed you were a different team but you're still not the right team in the last five minutes of games. Um, I do want to get to the, to the end game here uh, first, and then we're going to go back to Jimmy because the reality is Jimmy wasn't really a factor in the last three or four minutes, almost by design, because I mean, they did go to bam for the hook. Tyler did have the ball in his hands. Tyler did make that raise up shot uh, to get to 30. So let's just break down the end of the game, Brady. And then after the break, we'll get into the thing we have to talk about, which is that Jimmy Butler comes up small against this team. I mean, it just, that's, I mean, you're going back to last year. In the postseason, um, I know he played well in the bubble against them, although he elevated more in the next series. But, Brady, what happened at the end? Like, what was the single biggest problem to you?
2: Well, there are a couple things. For one, everything looks forced at that point in the game. Uh, And my issue is, first off, that I feel like isn't discussed enough, is that they basically go into a three-man offense. And every possession late in the game, if you go back over, even think about it right now, it's P.J. in the corner, it's Gabe in the other corner. And there's no movement there. And when you go back to 45 minutes before that point and look over the game, Gabe Vincent's not sitting in the corner. He's moving around. He's setting screens. He's doing all this other stuff that it just seems like they abort whatever they do before that point. Um, and it feels like, speaking of the forceful part, Tyler made that big shot. But even the possession before that, they knew Tyler was getting the ball. They knew he was going to try to create – and that's not his strength. Like we, we know what he can do. We know that 30 points, what he was able to dissect, but when they're absolutely hounding him, doubling him out at the perimeter and making him uh, do something, that's just not his strength. What he did, he fed inside the bam, bam, hit him a bit, big shot there um, late. But other than that, there was really nothing working there that it just feels like that's kind of where I come down at it is that they have to play to their strengths. They're not a one-on-one team. They don't have a Kevin Durant. They don't have a Giannis. They don't have a Jason Tatum. Who's going to close it out. Uh, late in games they have a team they have a team offense that they revolve themselves around for the 48 minutes across the game that the final three minutes cannot be who has it rolling tonight is it tyler let's give him the ball does bam have a good matchup let's give him the ball it has to be let's keep the offense flowing in some type of fashion uh that tr- try to create a good look because specifically against this bucks team Uh, which I'm sure if we could touch on Tyler a bit more, they crowd the paint so much Mm -hmm. uh, in this drop. Like this isn't a normal drop. Like they crowded so much that Tyler was getting early on to the paint, getting to that floater that he gets to. And it was not there that he began to realize, Oh, I'm going to get into my pull up a bit more. That's an issue. Like when late games, you're trying to force it inside against this Bucks team. And it's just nothing, no reason to Uh, there's just definitely like, there's part of this. I know you just mentioned that the tiebreakers and everything but I'm not as worried about this specific game as I am talking about the specifics of late game offense, because there's not many things on this team that you should be worried about. Like they have a Mm -hmm. lot of strengths. They have a few weaknesses, but this is one of the few weaknesses. Well, let let me go to you again,
0: before I go back to Greg on this, I mean, Eric Spolster is one of the most creative, flexible coaches in the NBA. Okay. I mean, I know that he has a reputation for stubbornness in some areas, but we've seen his ability to adapt, right? His slogan is adapt or die. Why is this happening with him coaching this team in the last three minutes? I mean, is it, is it just the lack of options? Is, is, it, is it Jimmy being headstrong? Because, J- again, J- Jimmy was not really a factor in the last three minutes. Like, I was waiting for the step-back jumpers. They didn't come. Um, I, I mean, what, what is it? What, I mean, why is he just keep doing the same thing where he's
2: sticking two guys in the corner? I think the issue is you mentioned Jimmy being a non-factor late. Like that's the issue. Like Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, he's deferring and he's not having a great night at all, which he should not have had the ball in his hands late. Uh, but it's also when he's a non-factor and he's planted out on the wing, that just means that there's complete nail health when Tyler's driving or Bam's driving. And as you talk about limitations ending, there's just no options really. Like it's just Bam or Tyler trying to create and say, like, save this possession. Uh, it is like I feel like we praise Spo on so many occasions that like this is one of those things where specifically on the ATOs like we complete we completely talked about those ATOs from the Chicago game from the Charlotte game. This is one of the ATOs like it should have been went away from like that was like the first time it didn't work. Teams know it's coming now like it's all over social media that fans know it's coming out of a timeout. You don't think the Milwaukee Bucks know it's coming out of a timeout? Uh, so it, they called the timeout. They came back to it. The adjustment was that instead of having two guys all the way in the backcourt, they were only going to have one and they had another option uh, there to flash high and end up obviously going up to Jimmy. They didn't get the foul call. And it was a jump ball, but. That it should have been a foul, like- damn it. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to, they're not going to call a foul. there, just like, they're not
0: going to call a foul um, in that building on the other end when Drew, you know, lowers his shoulder. Like they're, they're they they were not They weren't going to call it. And and that's that's the issue here is that they keep putting themselves in the in the situation where the officials decide the games and because they don't decide them. OK, I mean, that's the whole thing. And I I don't want to be overly critical of them tonight, because, again, they're they're playing the defending champions in that place, uh, a team that has not been playing particularly well of late, that has some pride. OK, that has, you know, they've got a thing for the Heat to begin with. And, you know, I mean, they still remember being knocked out by him two years ago. And, you know, PJ was on their side last year. There's a whole bunch of things that play into this. That's not a, and they and they look, they got the doors blown off them in the first quarter. I mean, with all the, these outlier threes by a team that hasn't shot the ball all that well of late. And, and so I don't want to be too hard on them, but I'm, I'm with both you guys in the sense of this problem at the end of games. It hasn't been solved. We're 19 games left in the season. And we can say Kyle's going to solve it, but Kyle has not been out there with this group late. I don't know that in the, I mean, and I don't know he's going to play, he's not going to play tomorrow, most likely. I don't know if he's going to be back Saturday. You're talking about a small sample size. I think Greg, you and I both think, and you mentioned this to me today, Jimmy may take some games off here. I don't know that they're top four guys or, and throw PJ in there as the fifth are going to play a ton of minutes together the last 19 games of the season. Right. I mean, they've hardly played any already. Then you're going to be working Vic in. Okay. Uh, they may so maybe you to have,
1: play those guys, you know, right. Like, right. Know, I so
0: so, heard- so I, I don't know what you do with this. So that's what I'm saying. Like this, this problem is not just going to correct itself. I, I don't think like, that's the one thing they have not fixed.
1: You're right. And you know what it really boils down to, and this is going to sound a little cliche, but it's, Somebody's going to have to have an unbelievable individual effort and like that's going to have to come from somewhere Um, because but it's really tricky because Brady's hating on something like it must come within the team offense because that's when this team is clicking that's when guys are most confident, Um, but there's gonna have to be a guy and. To me, y'all, like it's Tyler Hero, like they they need to give the ball and just empower him to make these decisions. If he makes bad decisions at times. That's just how it goes. I think that that would actually help ease the burden for Jimmy and maybe let him get back on track a little bit. Um, I, I, I didn't like how long it took them to get Tyler in the game in the third quarter. Of, of this one. And that was before the collapse. So I don't know. I, I am hoping that they lean more on Tyler hero to close out this season um, and just kind of give the ball to, to him as much as possible.
0: Well, I, they did though. That's the thing. Like, I mean, I think, I think that was kind of the object late, but here's yeah. my thing about it. And, and then I do want to go to break and get to Jimmy is that, you know, <laughs> you don't really want him to, handling all that much late, right? Like that, that's the thing. And that's where they got in trouble with him trying to split the double team with a pass and, and, and the four point lead ends up evaporating there on the other end. I, 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 so, so it is tricky because I think the best case scenario, if you're not going to play through bam, which is something that we've discussed, if Jimmy, if you don't want Jimmy to be a bystander there at the end of games, then the ball can be in his hands to create for someone like Tyler maybe draw a double, but the problem is I think we're all at the stage and I'm going to save your responses here for the, for after the break, we're all at the stage where I don't think we really trust that Jimmy will give up the ball in those situations. And so it was almost like better for him not to touch it, but then you're putting it in Tyler's hands. And then even with his increased strength, if they send a double on him, you don't necessarily trust that he's going to be able to maintain possession. So it does come back to Kyle. And that's where I'm going to say, I would just put the ball in Kyle Kyle Lowry's hands at the end of games when he comes back. I I think that's where we're headed. I think that is the only thing right now that you can trust. Um, And then I don't know what Jimmy's role there is, except as a cutter, essentially, which is something we'll talk about more after the break. They might have been better off with Caleb Martin in there instead of Jimmy at the end of the game. And I never thought that we would say that, but we're going to discuss that after the break. All right. Both of our guys here are sponsored to be on the podcast you know, the Greg's sponsor here is Water Cleanup of Florida. If you're a South Florida pro- property owner with an insurance claim, you're dealing with water, mold, or fire damage, you got to find a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor. Water cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable service. Water cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress that an unexpected disaster may cause reach, cause. reach out to Michael, Robert, and their team. They got over 60 years of combined experience. They can handle any size disaster. They're third generation contractors in South Florida. So, continuing to maintain their Sterling reputation is extremely important to them. They're based in Boca, but they'll service the entire area. And their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process. Painless and hassle free. So reach out to him at watercleanupofflorida.com. That's watercleanupofflorida.com. You can also call Michael directly at 954-5. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, Flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with help BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/MiamiHeat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp hel miami miamiheat
3: by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
0: 790356, again, that's watercleanupofflorida.com. If you've got the schmutz, They got the guts. All right, let's handle the Jimmy situation here. Um, It's just such a tricky thing because this franchise wouldn't have gotten off the mat without him. They wouldn't have challenged the Lakers in the finals without him, okay? He basically made them relevant again. And that is why he gets eternal trust. I don't know if he can get eternal leeway, though. And, and this particular matchup, OK, is just it's just not good for him. I mean, they they, they switch size on to him. Um, and it just seems that as, as high a basketball IQ as he has, that there's a stubbornness he plays with against this particular team. And, and so that's the frustration. And now you're looking at it. He took three more threes tonight. He's at 18 percent from the season from three. And... <laughs> You know, as Tim Reynolds tweeted out tonight, of the players who've taken as many threes as him, he's last, okay, out of uh, some 60-something players. So I'll go to you first on this, Brady, because I know Greg's uh, checking out some of the calls here as well. I mean, what what do you do here when he's having an off night? Like, what, what is this? Because players are going to have off nights, okay? And I thought they were going to overcome it tonight. But what what is the solution? You take the ball out of his hands? You sit him more? What do you do?
2: I'll say, first of all, like two for 14 stands out for the field goals, but like two for two from the free throw. Line. So it stands out more to me uh, because that's when he's been able to do when he has poor nights, and gets a lie and change things, which by the way, before we get into this more 12 free throw attempts for Miami and 27 free throw attempts for Milwaukee. How were my, how was mine even in this game? Like that number right there, just totally confuses me aside from that.
0: Well, uh, they were in the game. They were in the game because Duncan and Tyler went off for three. Correct. Right, Duncan, Duncan, right. Tyler, and Gabe and Struess. I- honestly, I-, I thought this was Max Struess's best game in about a month. Okay, uh, both Definitely. both ways, but.
2: but. But back to Jimmy. I talked before about when you put him on the wing. There's just immediate nail help there because when Tyler tries to create, look about it in the other direction. There was points in the third quarter specifically when Jimmy used to when he's usually driving when he has the ball at the top of the key. There is basically like the Giannis effect, where if he drives, he has bodies crashing, as we saw what Miami did with him tonight. Milwaukee wasn't doing that. like They were not taking away from that strong side wing. Like They were just going to let him drive drive into Giannis, drive into Bobby Portis, uh, and then force him to make a read. But they were not going to drop off a of Duncan on the wing on the strong side. They weren't going to drop off a of Struess, And that changes things. That changes options. Uh, and that's just one part of this. The other part of this, Jimmy, scoring-wise, uh, the 0 for 3 in the first half, I think it was, from 3, just seems odd because three possessions—that's like uh, over three—is one way to look at it. But I kind of—it's like, it's just three possessions that you're just giving up because it's—it's yeah. it's one thing that you're missing a three, but it's another thing when it's just his type of threes are just kind of selling short of just kind of working harder on the possession where it's just like we're not going to go to the next option. I'm just going to fire this one up. Uh, but it does come back to getting to the line, the attacking stuff. Like he's just trying to drive and try to create something, get to the foul line, and when he's not getting that call it just looks bad because he's hitting the floor. He's doing all this other stuff and he's not getting the call. um, And he can't finish around the rim. Like once again, two for 14 uh, only two assists. Like that's another element of this. Like if we're talking about on and off the ball, like this wasn't one of those games where he's on the ball so much that he's inefficient, but he's also setting up the offense. Like this wasn't one of those games where he was setting up the offense because specifically when Tyler here was in the game, Tyler had the ball in his hands this entire game. He was running high pick and rolls and he was the one dissecting this one. Uh, so that's where I kind of come down at it. That it's just, I totally agree. Like we talked about this, I think after the Dallas game, where we said when they were putting that type of length on him, it bothered them. This is a different beast.
0: When when you have a Giannis
2: specifically, uh, it just changes things. And it forces him around the basket to not do the things that he can, because even when we look at the, when he succeeds most around the rim, it's when he can draw the mismatch and he can get a smaller guy when he's best in the mid range. It's when he has a smaller guy on him to shoot over the top. Uh, I think he can get by it eventually. Like I don't think it's just like, oh, if you have a some bigger matchup, Jimmy Butler is a non-factor. But it, it's going to be a lot tougher for him in a series compared to when he can draw a mismatch.
0: But I think Greg, I think here here's where the the big problem comes in. He doesn't have a counter right now. See it, the, the Jimmy Butler who was deadly at times from mid range in Minnesota and during that you know time in Philadelphia that was a counter there is no counter right now when he's swallowed up near the rim and he's not getting foul calls. And, and I think in games like this, I, I think we're the next level. And again, I I mean, he's in terms of high IQ players, he's top 10 in heat history. I mean, I, you know, he can, tr- he can figure things out. He's not the kind of guy you would think of as being incredibly stubborn, but in certain matchups in certain games, I think he has to recognize that, right? Like I, I don't have a counter in this matchup. And you know, continuing to kind of press the action as he did tonight for long stretches doesn't work. Their best lineup tonight was the lineup with Bam, Hero, Struess, Martin, and Vincent. Okay. Yeah. Without Jimmy on the floor and space, right? So I mean, I, I just think the, the idea that, that that's happening, but then he's still pressing here. Dwayne kind of knew when not to. OK, yes, he would he would choke the game down at the end of it at times. And it frustrated us with some of the step back stuff late in his career. But also, I felt like when he realized he didn't have the right counters, he would defer a little bit more. I, I felt like Jimmy forced it tonight.
1: Yeah. And here's the other thing. Like we talked about when Jimmy first arrived in Miami, how we noticed how he would kind of each game figure out what they needed and then go from there. And early on he was getting really high assist games when he first got to Miami. And that was something maybe heat fans didn't necessarily anticipate him being able to do. So it shows that he has the, you know, the capacity to um, approach a game, maybe with more of a playmaking mindset, a passer's mindset, and maybe that's what they need from him. You know, just within the flow of the offense right now, since he doesn't have a counter maybe that counter needs to be. Um, and I mean, I don't want to talk about Jimmy Butler as a decoy, like let's not go yeah. too far, but it's more about like in those moments when he's going to take a tough step back, turn around, like, let's look for movement, find a guy moving and try to get a shot off. Like, and I just think that some of those things, it's hard. You get tunnel vision in a game. So it's difficult to, to, uh, to play Monday morning quarterback with Jimmy. Cause but, I mean, that's the only thing I could think of is that, like, maybe he needs to become more of a facilitator, especially with Kyle out tonight, for him mm-hmm. to not take on that responsibility. I thought it kind of left Gabe out there as really the only guy who was getting them organized.
3: All right. We're going
0: to um, ask a couple philosophical questions we come back. And, of course, the Heat play the Nets tomorrow. So we'll get into that a little. Before we do, we mentioned Brady's appearances here, sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein. He's a personal injury attorney. He can handle everything in that space. Okay, whether it's a car accident, a slip and fall, medical malpractice, got to check out his Instagram account. It's ask about me. I got you. I have said before, this is the most entertaining account that you'll ever see from a personal injury attorney. Check it out. Um, If there's a Heat player in history, he's probably taking a picture with that person. Ask about me. I got you. 954-829-ERIC. But more seriously, uh, he's a great attorney. He's got a law degree from St. Thomas right here in South Florida. He graduated magna magna cum laude. He, He grew up in a personal injury law family. So it's been part of his life his whole life and he will get you the money that you deserve. And that's the single most important thing. So reach out to Eric again, it's nine, five, four, eight, two, nine, E R I C. Eric Rubenstein. You can also find him at ask about me. I got you. We've talked a lot and I did some, I feel like I've been talking about the heat all day, starting nine episode. Are they a regular season team? Are they a playoff team? And this thing that always comes up is You know, to be a playoff team, you got to be able to close games, but also your best players have to be great. And, you know, we saw tonight Tyler Hero kind of take over. We've seen that happen here over the last four games uh, where he has played at a very high level. He's shooting over 50% um, over the last four. Okay. And he's, he's getting to his spots. He's closing in traffic. And yes. Okay. He's not immune from criticism tonight because he had a a couple of huge turnovers at the end of the game, which he's had at times in the fourth quarter. Um, we saw Bam with the baby hook, okay, in the last four minutes tonight, okay, and then go to him in a way that they don't typically go to him. I, I'll, I'll ask this. Jimmy Butler is still the franchise bearer here. I mean, there's no question about it. But, I mean, if this team's going to win a championship, isn't there going to have to be even more of a transition here over the last 19 games? I mean, I, because it just it just feels like because of some of the limitations that Jimmy has athletically – Uh, against some of these teams where they've kind of thrown the book at him, they know how to play him, that you're going to have to get maybe not just the mega leap from Bam, but which we've talked about, but the mega leap from Tyler. Is that fair, Brady?
2: I'm actually going to go in a different direction and say that it is Bam. Like we talked about the Tyler element already, that if they want to take that next step and specifically late game, bam is the outlet to kind of change this and you mentioned the baby hook but there was also the possession where i told you when said before that tyler hit him with the pocket pass he got to the middle floor hit that jumper whenever we look at late game opportunities for bam and those type of plays it's always up against the shot clock it's a double sent out to a guy on the perimeter like if we're talking about they don't have many options give bam the ball on an isolation on the wing on the inner wing like that's what they need to get to if they can get to that point where they can trust that okay, this guy cannot stay with Bam, as we already know. Give the ball to Bam, clear out, and let him make a play. Uh, If they are so worried about Bam, they help off, then you make the kick out. Like, that feels more likely uh, just moving forward when you're saying if Jimmy doesn't have it going. That if – I just look back at it. Like, Tyler can make plays. Jimmy can make plays when they have it going. But in the big scheme of things, if this team is a finals team, they're going to need their second-best player on this team – and bam out of bio to make plays. And as you said before, like, I don't want to totally like say that Kyle Lowry fixes everything, but I'd like to see Kyle have the ball in his hands late. Like if we're talking about before about they don't have a single guy that can just take over and this is a team offense, they need mm-hmm. to run it like a team offense. And the way to run it like a team offense is to have Kyle Lowry at the head of the snake. And we've seen it work when he's done it. Like it, there hasn't been many times because there's been other guys out. Uh, but I even think back to that Clippers game where he made the run, they ended up losing but they, were, I wouldn't say there was late-game issues in that game because he at least kept them and matched them offensively uh, in that game. That when Kyle's running stuff, at least he can get the ball to Bam in his spots. He can get the ball to Tyler. Uh, he can maybe screen for Jimmy. Like they feel like there's more outlets with Kyle that they need to find ways to kind of incorporate him that way.
0: Yeah, because as good as Gabe has been, I mean, they're not going to trust him in those situations to make those plays. So that that that's the issue. And then the ball ends up in Tyler's hands or it ends up uh, in Jimmy's hands. Is that is that fair, Greg? That uh, Bam is 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 the key
1: to solving this more? Uh, yeah, I mean I think that that's the direction we're heading. Just because people are going to point to him in his contract, I think Tyler may be more equipped to eventually evolve into that player, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, y'all know I love Bam, but Brady, Brady's on to something in that we want to watch what Kyle does, the decisions that Kyle makes. I mean, even that like last inbounds play, there's certain little decisions like that 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 change throughout the course of a game. So I I, I think that ultimately they're probably going to have to lean on Kyle because I don't know that any one guy is going to make – um enough of an impact that way as much as I say an individual effort it may need to be Kyle Lowry's individual effort that that ends up kind of um, spearheading that and I'm super interested to see this team's um, approach tomorrow night in Brooklyn like this is like a heartbreaking game. You lose. Uh, they expected to win. I think that they started to play like they were going to win also. So I'm mm. interested to see how they approach this back-to-back in Brooklyn tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, and I was going to get to that, and and uh, I'll close with that. Uh, before we do, I want to say this. This night is more heartbreaking for me because uh, I would have gone five for five on my prize picks tonight if I had just bothered to play it. I gave them out on Twitter, but I didn't actually play it tonight and uh, I wish I had uh, so because Giannis slipped in just under the number by half a point that would have given me a five for five that would have paid out about 20 to one tonight anyway it is what it is um, so you go to prizefix.com use the code five f-i-v-e you get your initial deposit match of course that's the official fantasy partner of the five reasons sports network and you can win look if I won uh, just don't be stupid enough to not play it. Okay. And, uh, and then you'll do it. We, we we're we are burying a fish tonight. So, uh, so I, I got a little bit sidetracked. We weren't burying. We sent the fish back to sea. So RIP to Shander, uh, my daughter's fish. Anyway, um, here's my thought on this. Okay. A game like this, uh, can take you one of two directions. Okay. Uh, the first direction is, and I saw Naveen, who I follow, and you, you sent me that text, uh, that, or that tweet, that uh, you can look at this in a positive sense. You, you had, you, your, your best player was awful. Uh, your second best player didn't contribute offensively like he's contributed of late. The Bucks had a bunch of outlier shooting performances. You had a 14-point lead at one stage of this game where you rallied back from the first quarter. And you don't have your starting point guard who's supposed to settle you down the stretch. And you still don't have Oladipo back. And you're on the road against the defending champions, a team that was in danger of slipping further down the standings because they haven't been playing particularly well. So you knew they'd be motivated. You can look at all that and say those are all positives. And I think the Heat will try to channel it that way. Um, But also there is this thing that's happening repeatedly to this team. And that can get in your head a little bit, and they're going to have to put that aside. Okay. And just figure this out from, from a strategic and mental and emotional standpoint, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to close these games without it getting to be, Oh, here we go again. Cause there was a little bit of that tonight from the fans and you could feel it a little bit from them. Like they just, they looked like shell shocked at the end of the game. And that's happened. it's just happened too many times of late. Um, we shouldn't look past the fact that Tyler hero had a huge performance tonight. Uh, that's not bubble hero. Okay. That is a much better player than we saw two years ago. And that is encouraging, but this is a team. You don't want to see this team until the Eastern conference finals. Like I, I don't care what the record is. They can beat them, but you don't want to see them in the first or second round. I would much rather if you're Miami deal with the nets, deal with the Sixers, deal with the bulls for sure. than deal with that. Okay. Cause that team, they, they know how to win a championship. Now they've done it. OK, and uh, and they have confidence down the stretch. And just like the Heat didn't panic, they didn't panic. And so you got to give them credit, too. They have three really good players. OK, they got arguably the best player in the world and they got two guys who him perfectly. And both of those guys were big tonight uh, to help Giannis. So, uh, you know, it just again, just not enough from Jimmy and, and they lose tonight. By one, 120 to 119. But you can see what the playoffs are going to be like. You got to be with us the whole way. We have a new service. It's called Off the Floor. We're all tweeting it out on Twitter. We're giving you exclusive updates, but also contests, content that you don't get other places. So we're still giving you all the free content here on Five on the Floor and the YouTube channel. But this is more. We already got 30 subs in the first like, 12 hours of this thing okay so we want to get it to a thousand so uh, tell tell everybody about it it's just three dollars and five cents a month and you got and you got a, a a week uh to try it out before you start getting charged have a good night everybody
3: thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the fire regional sports network